Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 5, Episode 8, Who We Are, written by Shonda Rhimes and directed by Mark Tinker. It aired on November 17th, 2011. Enjoy! Today, we have a very special guest host on the podcast. They get even more attached to fictional characters than I do and has exquisite taste in media. Please welcome, for a very important episode, our Amelia Scholar, Margot. Hey. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect intro. Um, you nailed that intro. Oh, my God. Thank you. I worked really hard. I practiced it before we got on. It was good. Thank you slid thanks barbie i mean yeah wait okay. no tell me again and i'm gonna take the compliment like a barbie did i take did i take the compliment like a barbie i guess i don't know you seemed appreciative of the okay compliment, so. and i said thank you i worked really hard on it yeah something like i think you did okay pretty, you did just say it and i already forgot what you said same it, whatever that's fine <laughs> it happens thank you i deserve it yeah you that didn't say favorite. no stop like it, <laughs> That would not be very Barbie of me. No, that would not be very Barbie of you. I don't really want a Barbie too because I think it stands alone. But if we got it, I need to be in it. Exactly. No, I don't need another one. And Greta doesn't want to make another one. So. Yeah, I don't think we need it. But I heard that they're making a whole like Mattel cinematic universe. universe. Yeah. Which I also don't. I don't think anything hits quite like Barbie hits. No, and I just don't think conceptually anything is going to be quite strong yes. or influential enough. Yeah. It's not going to hit the monoculture moment that we're having right now. Not at all. I was just listening to uh, the most recent Las Culturistas episode, and they were talking about how, like, this is monoculture. Like, yeah. we haven't had this type of monoculture moment in a while. Yeah. Co-host Caitlin and I were talking about that as well. We were like, we can think of another time that this happened. And she said, like, Harry Potter, Star Wars, but even that? Yeah. I I don't – it was different. It's still somewhat niche because, like, with television, everybody's like, well, everybody's watching this, but then, like, it still seems like not really. Like, it still seems like there's a pretty neat – it still might be a large audience, but it still might be a niche audience for something. This is uniting, like, so many groups. It's – Something we have not seen in the culture in quite some time. Yeah, it's- since there were like three stations on TV and you could watch one of three things. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, wow. Okay, Barbie. So besides our movie, what are you reading or watching right now? You're reading nothing. I'm not reading anything at the moment. Definitely not Horses and Men. No, absolutely not. Not anything about the patriarchy, that's for sure. Uh, funny, it always comes back to Barbie. Uh, One thing is sure, Barbie. That, yeah. I'm not doing a lot of reading. Uh, I'm not doing a ton of watching right now. Like, of anything shocking new to me. At, of anything new at the moment. Only because uh, I'm in a fragile mental health state and I need comfort television so it's been a lot more like rewatching as of late uh and then until I'm in a more like stable place uh I'm going to be like then diving into like stuff on my backlog and then like when only murders season three comes out and like stuff like that I'll be watching those but 
it's mostly just comfort rewatches of drama television that shouldn't be comfort television, but it is for me because I'm sick and twisted. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the middle of season eight right now of Grace. So I'm so sorry. Same. <laughs> uh, me too. Don't worry, I'm skipping the finales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm just thinking about Scott Foley. That's what just popped into popped into my head. Oh, that already happened. Oh, okay. Okay. Bye bye. But otherwise, I'm just rewatching things at the moment. Haven't really picked up anything new, which I'm kind of okay with because I was rolling through so much for quite some time. That yeah. I guess since last time we talked, I did watch The Lake on Amazon Prime. That was really funny. It's Canadian. Canadian comedies are always a really good time. And like you'll recognize half the actors if you've seen other Canadian shows because they just mm-hmm. bounce around. Sure uh, do. Canadian actors just get thrown around in every single show. And it's fun. I, you'll love to see it. But yeah. I guess it's the most recent new watch I did. Wow. And that was even a little while ago. So, yikes. I am learning a new language, though. That's how I've been keeping my brain sharp. Tell me more um, about language. I decided to learn Dutch. Wow, okay. I have a friend. I have a friend who's Dutch, and I was just randomly inspired on learning Dutch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like a three-week streak, so I've been learning Dutch for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I can't speak it to save my life because it's different than any other language I know. But yeah, I'm on a three-year streak of Spanish right now, and I couldn't speak like confidently. I could understand and read. But I feel like I couldn't confidently speak until like four or five months ago. Yeah, I do a little bit every so often of Spanish to like brush up on my skills and things like that just to like keep it fresh in my brain. Yeah. But I don't need to like learn it, learn it on Duolingo. But I decided to learn a new language and Dutch is, it's very interesting. I'm like, I keep drawing parallels between it and other languages I know while I'm learning it, like grammatically just to like make sense of it. So, like, grammar structure is quite different between, like, Spanish and also... It's a little bit closer to English in some ways, but I don't know. I just keep thinking in Spanish while I'm doing my Dutch lessons, and I'm like, this is not... No, like... (laughs) Not helpful, I'm like, this isn't really working for me. But, yeah, learning Dutch. That's my new pursuit. And crocheting a lot. Good! You know, keeping myself busy. Yes. So I haven't asked you for a while, but what are your other favorite podcasts? I haven't really started anything new recently. I'm mostly still just listening to Las Culturistas weekly. Um, I listen to the Prestige TV podcast whenever something new is coming out that I'm watching because they do really good recaps. I listen to oh Muna, the band, their podcast, Gaotic, is great. I love it. They just had an episode come out with Cleo Duvall. And we love Clea Duvall. I listened to a little something called Beach Houses and Babies. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Oh, no. It sounds really niche. It's very, very niche. But uh, it's pretty dope. Oh, good. I love listening to that one. I'll try it out. Um, And then I also listened to one called This Might Get Weird with Grace Helbig and Mamrie Hart. They're like YouTube personalities. Uh, Their heyday was more like 2014, 2015 was when they were like super popular on YouTube, but uh, Grace and Mamrie have a podcast together and they are hilarious to listen to because they just, they're such close friends 
that when they get on little tangents of what they're talking about, it's like the most ridiculous and just hilarious like trains of thoughts. And I just feel like I'm their best friend. So I have that little like parasocial relationship. Yeah. I feel like that was Mimi and I on our last episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You guys get like that, but like it's fun to listen to because I can just like I can just hear the train of thought just like going between the people and you it's just amazing to see where it goes when two people's brains just get on the same wavelength it's an express train back and forth and that's what I love about podcasts because it's just fun to listen to I don't know yeah especially if I'm driving by myself I kind of start talking back sometimes which is so terrible but it's like (laughs) people on the road probably think that I'm like having a really intense like phone call with somebody and it's like that is not what's happening I'm talking to my to my podcast I'm talking to the people on my phone like talking to the people in my ears my ear yeah pretty much talking to my ear people guys don't worry when you guys are talking over my car speakers so (laughs) it's a good time or in the grocery store oh the grocery store do you have anything to promote no I really don't. Take care of yourself. Uh, COVID's kind of spiking again. So like, kinda? Kinda, yeah, that was my understatement. Sorry, uh, there's a huge, <laughs> there's a huge uh, uptick right now. So I was minimizing because I'm trying not to, you know, the terrors. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the okay. terrors of existence. Um, yeah, take care of yourself. Take care of other people. I have noticed because I have not stopped wearing my mask in the grocery store, and. For a while, it was, like, just me and, like, one or two workers. And I've noticed it's gone up a little bit. So, thankfully, at least in my very liberal area, people have continued to protect or started again to protect, I guess, is the more um, appropriate word. But, yeah. I'm glad people are starting again, at least around you. Yeah. I mean, it's still probably only, like, 25% of the people, but it was better than – it's better than 5%. Better than 5 I mean, any number increase is better. Can't say yeah. the same for the Midwestern United States. But ha 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 it's fine. Uh, just got to laugh it off. Yeah, the only thing I have to promote is um, please continue to support and do your research on what the WGA and SAG-AFTRA are actually asking for. I went to a picket line this week with future guest host, Eric, who will be on the pod in just a few episodes. You'll get to meet him. Oh, that's and, so do you know, exciting. Do you yes. know Eric? Yes, I follow him on social media. <gasps> You're a fan? Yes, I'm a fan. Friends, fans, fam, all Yeah, welcome. when I saw like uh, that y'all were together, I was like, oh. I was like, wait, yeah. you know Eric? I was like, we, we've been friends since high school. That's ridiculous because I remember when he like blew up on social media and I was like there from like the jump. Oh my God. I'll have to tell him. He'll be so happy. Ugh, stop. We saw someone I'm obsessed. on the picket line yesterday who knew him and he was, they were like, how do I know you? And like, we saw Colin Farrell. We saw Jack McCreary. You saw like, Colin Farrell. Yeah. And, like, Speaking of was, Irish actors that I was just raving about earlier. I know. We saw like... Five or ten people that, like, I know their face but not their names. And so – and everyone's just, like – everyone there is an actor or a writer and, like, we're used to being on set so it wasn't a big deal to see anyone. But people were – But all in one place is crazy. Like I know. People – somebody looked at Eric and he was – they were like, how do I know you? Oh, you're the dancer, right? And he was like, yeah, that's me. But he's so, like, humbles like, a very overused word. But he's so, like – unassuming and, like, humble. I don't know. I don't know. But he's but, like, like yeah, it's that's a me. good – yeah 
it's a it's a boost because as we know like social media podcasting like a lot of the things that we do these days are very isolating so you just like yeah dancing in your room or like in your studio and then automatically you just get like six thousand views it's probably in the yeah. millions now but that yeah, blow anyway, up so, on social media was huge but yeah 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 so um anyway you'll get to meet my dear friend eric cavanaugh soon that's so exciting that just made my day like that's so exciting <laughs> I forget where I was going with this, but, um, yeah, so Eric and I were on the picket line yesterday and, like, just support the people who make your favorite shows. Please and thank you. And I also just want to give a shout-out to Amal before we start, who gave some love in our on-call room Zoom. So, hi, Amal. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a listener. Major shout-out. We love seeing you on Zoom. So Yes. I'm glad that you've been listening to this as well. And I'm me sorry too. that you have to listen to me speak. So Why do you always say that, Barbie? Uh, That's sorry. not very Barbie. I'm self-deprecation, Barbie, my bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Depression, depression Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> I was so It was a little bit of a read. Is this play about us? Anxiety, panic attacks, and OCD sold separately. Oh, my God. Greta, you did the damn thing. Oh, my God. An icon. I love how we're both very obviously avoiding this episode. Yeah, I'm talking a lot because I'm like, man, this is going to get real sad. And also, like, content warning. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So we had a content warning last episode for, what did I call it? Themes of addiction. Yeah, drug abuse, themes of addiction, all of those things. I'm going to give it to the whole episode from this point on. I think I'll do it two ways. Okay, so this whole episode is going to be pretty heavy from this point on. Because, so, like, it's going to get interspersed. Yeah, so I can't quite – it would do a disservice to the listener as well for me to be, like – Because it's not just going to be, like, one section where we talk about this because it's kind of the overarching thing. It's of the whole, only and it, it affects every single thing that happens in this episode. Like, it's – you can't not talk about something and also not talk about, like, what's going on. Yeah, so I guess I'll put – a timestamp of where we start miscellaneous just in case there is like a fun note that is not addiction focused and then I'll also put notes for like I'll put notes for anything that I think Charlotte would need a content warning for yeah Yeah. that sounds that seems pretty fair yeah so if you want to avoid the whole thing avoid the whole thing take care of yourself take care of yourself you yeah. do not have to listen to us talk about this No, if that's not please. right for your spirit. I'm a very silly human. I mean, I'm not going to be silly for this, but I'm I'm like just one – like just take care of yourself. Don't listen if you don't feel it's best. But if you want to listen and just avoid the heaviest parts, those will also be in the show notes. That's – yeah. Good luck to me editing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good luck and Godspeed to future Sam. I believe in you. Yeah. Well, it's already an episode with me in it, so you already have to do more than you usually do because we get off topic so easily. <laughs> I put you to work. I said. The ear friends. The ear friends. It's like nobody wants to work these days. <laughs> I really said, chop, chop. You're cutting through the audio. You're like, uh, crying. No. Like, she won't stop talking. <laughs> okay. It's going to be over three hours. Sorry. I'm laughing a lot because I have to laugh or things get dark. <laughs> Amen. All right. So we have first notes and miscellaneous per usual. And as we said, the only actual patient 
that we have in this episode. Well, it's Amelia and Ryan, but we're just going to call it Amelia's Intervention because Amelia and Ryan are in the same storyline. My first notes are really just flashback, like before we see current. Do you have any first notes that don't have to do with that? Uh, No. I mean, I guess if I had a first note, it would be, oh, God, I'm not ready for this. But just because anytime I've watched through the show, when I see where I'm at in the season, I know that episode eight's coming up. I'm like, well, here we go. There are even some later in the season that I'm like, okay, here we are. Oh, there's multiple later in the season that I'm like, oh, God, I can't do that. (laughs) Okay, back to Amelia. We're obviously doing the subject. Procrastination Barbie. That's us. Clock sold separately. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you really got us on that one. Wow. I did, Barbie. Thank you. All right. So I loved when she said, Amelia in the flashback, she said she's saving the pennies so she can buy a town. I thought that was really sweet. That's such like a little kid thing, too, because you don't really know what things cost when you're little because you're like I'm gonna save up to buy a pony or something like that and you're like you obviously as an adult you know that that's not feasible but to like the child brain it's like the ideal the childlike idealism it's like oh before everything is ruined for her by like the crap she goes through in her life in the next five minutes of her Uh, life well there's that (laughs) yeah Yeah, because that loss of innocence moment is tied to that flashback. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am glad we have our Amelia Scholar here because my question is, is this the first time that we have heard this full story? Yes, because it would have happened in the episodes before this. And I think that this is the most like, well... This is the first time we've heard it from Amelia's perspective. I'm not sure about Derek's perspective because I don't perceive Derek Shepard. There's that, because I'm trying to remember if this really comes up in Grey's. So all I can think of is... where are we in Grey's in where we are here in private practice? Because has she... The first... She has gone... We're concurrent uh, to season eight. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she I has been there, but she has not... For a super freak classic episode. Um, yes, but she has not been there when she and Derek and Lexi work on the timing of a procedure. Yeah, because I know her and Derek talk to each other. Uh, like, I think they're, like, leaning up against a car or something. And I'm also thinking other. about the episode in earlier Grays, maybe season four? early five when they have the patient who's on death row and Meredith goes to that execution. I know that that is when Derek tells Meredith about it. Yeah. I can't remember if we got some of these specific details. Cause like, obviously the narrator changes how a story is like told. I just yes. don't know if like what detail I can't, I can't quite, I haven't really watched that era of Grey's in like quite so I haven't really watched Grey's at all in quite some time but I am a little bit rusty on that that's okay because yet again I don't really like listening to Derek speak so yeah oops sorry sorry Derek appreciators uh I'm not one of them yeah dear listeners if you are just give it a little bit of personal growth and oh yeah and it's it's just take it with a grit you're allowed to like whatever you like like literally 
I do not care, but it's just not for me. Well, what I'm saying is like, I liked Derek when I was younger and then I grew up. <laughs> You're so real for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the way he was treating everyone around him. But yeah, because like, anyway, even I was like, oh, you kind of fell into like the. Yeah. Oh, okay. Even you. But no, not anymore. <laughs> the face. The face. Sorry, I make a lot of facial expressions. I'm very expressive, uh, which it's is okay. great for on a podcast, which is a, a wonderful for an audio medium. Yeah. All right, on to Amelia's intervention. Huh. When she walks in. I'm not laughing because it's funny, I swear. I'm <laughs> I laughing because that. I'm like, oh, God. Here we go. I can't believe we're here. I know. That was I when like I sent I've you the anticipa- email with everything. Yeah, I feel like I've been anticipating this for like since then because I just had a feeling I was going to be on this episode I mean I told you and I asked if it was okay and you said yes yes oh yeah no it's totally fine it's just whoa yeah we're here (laughs) everyone's lack of words when she gets to the office pretending everything is okay it says so much because everyone's eyes just speak for them we don't even need words oh god when Sheldon hugs her oh yeah that's oh and then Addison slaps her. Yeah. That's like, it's very rational, those like two different reactions, because like fear and anger kind of tied together for Addison there. But like Sheldon's worry comes in the form that like, oh my God, I need to hug her because like she's okay. Like she's physically here. She's good. But then Addison's is like the more sister approach of you disappeared on me. What the heck happened? Smack. Yeah. It's interesting to see those different approaches, and it makes sense based on who they're coming from. It absolutely does make sense, but I don't really know what I was getting at there, but my brain is No, it, it made sense. I just remembered notes that I forgot to write down. Oh, you're good. She doesn't know that she missed 12 days. Which also speaks volumes. Uh, if you are that, like, for lack of a better term, blind to how much time is passing, uh... That definitely says a lot about the state that you are in. That's for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. 12 days is not an insignificant amount. It's not like... No, it's half a month. Yeah, pretty much. Like, that's a lot of time. She's doing a great job of lying. She's lying so hard. She She's really acting, like, yeah. very much. Oh, my God, this entire episode, how did she not get an Emmy? Even consideration, I know. Because this is pre, this is, like, pre, like, super prestige television, I guess. This is, like, back in an era where more network shows were still getting, like, yeah consideration. So, yeah, I don't even know. I guess people just didn't really watch it as closely as they watched uh grays this is why i should be an emmy voter right i always say things like that i'm like this is why i need to be in the casting department or this is why i need to be chandra wilson would get every emmy she was nominated for or available to get if i was the submission tape for the season six finale would have gone crazy oh my gosh like for you and you and you (laughs) And you and you, yeah, like that, that real would have gone crazy. Yes. Amelia tries to admit that this bender was super scary and I, she's just lying and lying. She's a lying liar who lies. And I think it makes everyone except for Charlotte and maybe the therapists, maybe think that she got better, saw the light. 
as they say. Uh, I yeah. figured that it, Violet would believe her, but... Yeah, I think that her saying that is, I mean, as the, like, the lying makes it seem... I don't know. It adds to the effect of making it seem like everything's okay. Being like, yeah, it was a really like scary thing for me and not something that's still ongoing. It's like a way of phrasing it that like really makes it seem reassuring for everybody else. But obviously like Charlotte sees through it and like no time flat, like didn't even cross her mind for a second that it was not a lie. When Amelia said Ryan saved me, we didn't see Charlotte but I can feel her rolling her eyes. Yeah. And Violet being like, aww. Like, Violet, girl, as a therapist, what? She's she's a... I mean, everyone is a person first and a therapist second, but, like, she is herself first and a therapist fifth. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, obviously, in this circumstance, when you're concerned for your friend you're not going to be acting like in your therapist brain. But I, some parts of that analysis of like the way I view the world doesn't really get separated from like my knowledge of those things. I would be concerned hearing that, but that's yet again, just the person that I am. But like that would concern me deeply hearing that. And it doesn't really seem to concern anybody else except for Charlotte. Yeah. But it's that lived in Addison yeah okay there's that but the most like yeah yeah because by the end of Amelia talking Addison was like on board with like oh she's like I'm so glad she's okay but I don't know Charlotte's obviously Charlotte's lived and learned experience is different than that of everybody else's I don't expect them to have her perspective on it how about that light coming off Amelia at the end of the first act into commercial wild it like outlines her it's almost mm-hmm. like she's lightning yeah and it's, it's like coming haloing from the and... window it yeah halo is a better term it was so good just want to remind everyone that this episode was directed by mark tinker my fave i have a lot of faves yeah when i look through like episodes that i've liked a lot of the show his name is usually like attached yeah, to them i'd agree Amelia says she loves her sisters. Were you taken aback by that? Because I sure was. Yeah. It's definitely her not being in the same sober mind frame. Yeah. Because the Amelia we know now would never say it like that. I mean, maybe she'll, like, she would say it in the sense of, like, they're my sisters. There's still some sort of familial attachment and or quote unquote love there just solely due to like the shared like living experience of living with one another but it's not like oh my god I love my sisters like it's not that like really intense sibling love so like hearing that is jarring because like you'd think about the Amelia we know now and she would not admit to that she doesn't even want to be in the same state as her sisters no because well now she's you know developed boundaries and yes. been able to, like, stand up for herself and assert herself, which she had never really been able to do in the past. Which, growth. I'm so proud of her. I don't even know uh, her. Right? I'm so proud of her. Oh, I know. Her character journey is so deeply personal to me. I remember when she first came to Grey's more full-time, people were hating on Amelia. Do you remember that? And they still do. I feel like it's less now, 
but yeah, I, I, if anyone does not like Amelia and has not seen Pride Practice, they have no weight in that conversation. Exactly. Like you genuinely like the only bits of her story that you know then are like what Derek what has said, which is not yeah, true. Yeah, what Derek has said, and they're always tinted by his perspective on everything because he always diminishes her and he always talks down on her and like minimizes things a lot because he kind of plays a victim quite frequently, but whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, not trying to go on that soapbox again. My bad. You have the floor. I'm a Derek Shepard hater first and a human being second. My bad. Like, <laughs> sorry. Oh my god. Now we c- we're going to get canceled. Oops. All right. Sorry. Did you watch season one of RuPaul's Drag Race? Like the first? Like ages ago. Okay. It seems to me that perhaps the same director of photography because these flashbacks of her and ryan in the hotel room are very season one of drag race with the vaseline on the camera that's so fascinating you've got me wanting to google that so bad do it this second season one drag race (laughs) okay wait do you know who was the dp on this and i'm sure it's not the same dp drag right oh no i can't spell race season. r-a-c-e okay <laughs> d-r-a-g okay okay season one absolutely that like yeah it has to be influenced wow talk about the culture that's so wait when was season one of drag race 2009 i believe okay So Cooper and Charlotte are going through Amelia's office. First, I thought it was to get ready for the intervention, but they were looking for her pills. And Charlotte found them in the plant and then asked Cooper to take it from her, which, I mean, we know that Charlotte has a history, but I feel like a lot of times when people have been in recovery for a long time, we sort of think they're fine and, like, totally healed, which obviously is not true. And it reminded us that Charlotte is still quite fragile in this way fragile is probably the, the wrong word can you think of a better one no my brain is mush so uh charlotte is i'll just we'll keep it as fragile yeah i think that's the best so at this point amelia comes on the elevator and from the very first time that i saw this episode in 2012 i have thought why doesn't addison let her get off the elevator and maybe even the doors close before she asks to talk. Yeah. I feel like timing-wise, that could have been done a little bit better. And I get that they wanted it to be in the waiting room so it would be, you know, less corporate than the boardroom and, you know, also less glass around and yeah. kitchen because, you know, knives aren't as available. And But it just seems weird to have it so close to the entrance. I feel like a lot of things could have been avoided if it were in another place. Like, even Jake's office is huge. Yeah, his office is massive. Yeah. And I feel like that would also be, like, away from people. I don't know. I feel like it would feel, like, secluded enough. Yeah. I had a little chuckle when the camera got onto Jake, and he's sitting there like, I just met this girl. Why am I here? Like, I don't know this person. And then, like, 20 seconds later, Amelia says, dude, I barely know you. What are you even doing here? And I said, that's just what I said. Yeah, it's 
probably how he's feeling. Yeah, half a scene together. Yeah, pretty much. He made the very good point that if Amelia goes down, then the rest of them do too, because they're closer than most families and friendships. He he makes good points. He may be a bit more removed from the situation, but I also think that some of that perspective is also necessary to not be clouded by a personal relationship. Not saying that these people can't necessarily be objective, but it's a lot harder to be when the situation is so much more personal. Yes. Addison got so crabby with Lenny, the intervention specialist, interventioner. I don't know the correct terminology, but Addie got so crabby. She said, what are your qualifications? Yeah, she kind of Karened for a minute. <laughs> wow. Are you are you showing me your Amelia tattoo on purpose? Uh, No, I was adjusting my wrist brace. That's what was happening. Like, life will out. Life will out. Yeah, no, I'm like, hey, yeah. (laughs) No, I was adjusting my wrist brace, but that's funny. Oh, dear listeners, if this is your first time, first of all, welcome. Second of all, why this episode? Third of all, our Amelia Scholar Margot has a beautiful Amelia tattoo. Do you want to explain it again? I know it's going to be a gray spoiler, but. Yeah, it's a very important tattoo to me. It's season 11 of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I believe it's 11. No, the other Grey's. Sorry. You're funny. You're funny. You got jokes. I'm hilarious. Um, it's season eleven, episode thirteen, I believe. Uh it's the Nicole Herman arc. She has this beautiful speech about life will out, life will always find a way to continue. Um, and I really liked that sentiment of uh life will always find a way to continue. So I got Life Will Out tattooed on me right before the pandemic hit. So I always think of that speech when I rewatch this arc, specifically like what we have already watched. Um, yeah. Because oh yeah, she has to be thinking about how life continues even when you think it can't possibly continue anymore. Exactly. She has the lived experience because like this is obviously before that happens in Grace. Yes. So yeah. like a lot of her saying that is very informed by like what she's been through. So that's why Amelia was so mean to Addison and then I had the thought like wow she's just the first one up like she's up first coming in hot gosh I this episode is a hard watch it it is I was having a hard time taking notes because it was just burn after burn after burn after burn and if you're a person who just listens first of all thank you hello and doesn't usually watch them I feel like this is the one to watch because, I mean, I'm hoping that we're going to do a good job with this. I feel like we are pretty good, Barbie, but I I just think that you should watch this episode. It's quite important and very well done writing-wise, dramaturgy-wise, directorially, obviously acting, and we're just not going to do it as much justice as it as it deserves so season five episode eight give it a watch couldn't have said it better myself thank you how about after violet and pete have their turn getting burned by amelia they go in the kitchen and they are cracking up on the floor and they said amelia's like a rabid cornered dog It's so true. And they're laughing and we're seeing them happy together. And I know that this episode is not about them. But again, 
last episode, for the last few episodes, I've been saying when have Violet and Pete been happy together? I don't remember. And this is a time where you're like, oh, there are probably some undocumented moments when they are happy together. Because I feel like there's always just like a lot of anger and resentment and things like that, which is albeit entertaining to watch and makes a more entertaining television show. But every so often, it's nice to have your characters get along. Oh my god, when Amelia was like, why did I save your pathetic life? You're a tool. <laughs> Who? That was the one that really hit me. Like, she she said all these things about, like, Addison, you're obsessed with having a baby, and no baby wants to be in your barren womb, which is hard enough. And then she was like, Violet, your husband doesn't even like you. You're going to write your next book about your husband dying because you like writing books about that. And then some horrible things to Charlotte in all of that. Yeah. But when she said she shouldn't have saved Pete's life because he's such a tool, like, that made me laugh is the wrong word, but I think I did laugh. Yeah. I mean, it's so, like, it's kind of you don't know how to react to things like this when they happen so suddenly because we're human and things can get uncomfortable. And when, like, something really uncomfortable happens like that, sometimes we laugh. Like, it's maybe not the right reaction to have, but it certainly happens i mean you think of all the laughing at george's funeral like yeah it's like people don't these feelings of like being upset or angry or things like that lead us to very very different reactions yeah are you old enough to remember the whole charlie sheen winning thing like vaguely Okay, so it was mentioned here, and I haven't thought about him or that in, I mean, probably 10 years. No, that's a name that whenever I hear that name, I'm like, gosh, I haven't heard that name in years. Like, genuinely. Yeah, like, what is he doing right now? Is he a listener? Hello. (laughs) Thanks for joining. First of all, why? Second of all. (laughs) Hey, it's a good TV show. People probably just want to listen to... People just want to watch the TV show. I mean, I don't know. That's more my why. Is like, why would he? If you either are an international listener or perhaps too young or maybe we're just not tuned in, there was a whole thing in 2011, 2012 where Charlie Sheen, who was the co-star of Two and a Half Men, he was like, winning, I'm winning, winning. And then all the middle school boys were like, I'm winning, you're winning, winning, winning. And the fact that Lenny said winning better than charlie sheen made me time travel back to that cafeteria yeah that's a very specific like cultural time piece that's like that's a reference that like even like definitely i mean any newer people to watching private practice may not yeah understand the significance of that and might inspire a google search which is like wild which would be a Quite There's an a uptick in, uh, in uh, Google searches on Charlie Sheen <laughs> in the coming years. Watch this space. It's all because of private practice. It's almost like if they would have said YOLO. Oh, God. A like, couple years later. Like really date it to yes. a very specific point in time. <laughs> That's wild. A quote I did write down is Addison says, I love you, but I will not love you to death. Yeah, that's <sighs> a really good way of phrasing that to depict like what she like say what she's trying to say yes yes another 
really cool effect on the way out of a section of this episode into commercial is there was what I called an x-ray flash, but it really was just an overexposure. Yeah. And it was a cool effect for a doctor show for the x-ray flash and for the unsteadiness with the withdrawal. I really like that. Yeah. I feel that Amelia has a really juvenile love or idea of love with Ryan. She says, you give me love and make me feel beautiful. And like, sure, that's a start. It's not why you marry someone. And it's also why... It's also not why you give a watch that your dad died for to And a lot of it is also probably influenced by substances as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the euphoria of it all and not the television show, but yeah, also, yeah. But it's just, I mean, she's supposed to be in her mid-30s right now. Yeah, which like this could also be indicative of like, how she has viewed relationships her entire life. Oh, yeah. That she's never really experienced anything, any relationship that goes beyond, oh, like, he makes me feel beautiful, like, something like that, which is, like, yeah, kind of sad to think about, like, oh, girly. I had another thought, but it left the station, so. It'll come back eventually. Trains always repeat. Oh, no guarantees on that one. <laughs> Jake and Sam were at each other's throats again over process, just like in our last episode with our brain-dead pregnant patient to donate the organs. I just want to note that Jake and Sam are arguing again over medicine. They're arguing about addiction and if it's a disease or a choice, which obviously we know it's a disease, but... Yeah, any any talk of addiction being a choice is not any talk that I will tolerate. So no. whenever that rhetoric is thrown around, I'm like, I'm ready. If, dear listeners, I just like swung my fist like I'm winding up to throw a massive punch. So, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Had to give a description to the visual that I was providing because audio medium. True. Poor Cooper reading his well-loved and super cute prepared. Cute's the wrong word. Super lovingly prepared letter. And Amelia's just screaming over him. God, so hard to watch. She is so juvenile. Yeah. And I mean, you have to imagine that in this 12 days when she has been gone, Addison was texting Mark. And well, obviously, yes, because they're in love and should be together forever. But that's another that's another horse that I'll get on. <laughs> okay, soapbox. But <laughs> Addison was texting Derek being like, have you heard from her? Do you know where she is? Like, you have to imagine that Derek knew that she was missing. Perhaps. I don't know that he would necessarily, not that he wouldn't care, but it wouldn't I be know, yeah. a huge freak out for him because he's going to just throw back the old, like, oh, classic Amelia. Like, he's exactly gonna throw out something like that. It wouldn't be of his <sighs> utmost priority. He wouldn't drop everything no. and run for his sister. He would never. doesn't service him, so. No, but it also just proves kind of an... I'm not a Derek apologist, but this kind of proves what Derek continuously says about Amelia being quite juvenile and quite childlike and not in a whimsical way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is a very incredibly valid assessment of her character. Not that there isn't reason for why she views the world that way and why she goes through life that way, because there's definitely a lot of reasons based on her life experience and the things that she's been through that like definitely track with that 
but it's a very fair assessment to say that like she is quite juvenile and that affects how she goes through life pretty yeah. significantly this is going to be some season 19 of Grey's Anatomy spoilers, and since that is the most current season, we're still going to put some spoilers for 18 and 19, as the dear listeners requested. Season 19, Amelia says to Link, I think God felt bad when he gave me my biological sisters, so he sent Addison and Meredith and Maggie to make up for it. And that was all that I could think about during Addison's speech about getting Amelia ready for prom and her ear piercings and all of that. It was just a moment. It was... Yeah. Any Grey's episode with Addison in it is close to my heart, and that one was especially good. Oh, absolutely. And I also kept thinking of, I believe it's the same episode, although it might be the one before. I think it actually is the one right before when Addison and Amelia are in the supply closet because it's Amelia's having some personal relationship problems and, you know, Meredith has just moved and all of this. And Addison double checks to make sure that Amelia isn't using because, I mean, I could see her winding back to this episode right here and thinking, am I going to have to go through this again for Amelia? I guess we should say that Addison and Sheldon got Amelia her drugs and things seem to be kind of soaking in for her of she's saying she's going to go to rehab and she's going to do this and Charlotte says you're going to kill someone you don't come back from that and Charlotte was speaking from experience yep I also noticed for the first time on this watch that I realized that Sam knows about that watch too yeah and the way that he and I don't he he knows it because of his med school relationship with Derek and Mark. Yeah. I am obviously and publicly on the Addison Sam stop dating train. I am also on that train. I'm the conductor. <laughs> but I am glad that they are together for this episode and able to support each other in this. Yeah. Specifically, Sam is able to support Addison through this specific day. I'm glad to know that she was able to go home to him and have someone who understands her relationship with Amelia be yes. her person at this point. This is the only time that I will be somewhat of an advocate for that, only because I can't imagine like Addison going home to nobody after that. Like sitting by yourself after that, I don't think would be healthy at all. No, definitely not. Um, and especially that it's somebody who like understands the family background to at least some extent and like yes knows addison it's acceptable it gets a pass for this this circumstance <laughs> but not quite the seal of approval not no more no more passes we're we're running out end of the book end of the book of passes. yeah like let's let's get a move on anyways my last note for while she is in the waiting room ryan comes my guess always has been, he never says it, but my guess is that he's been waiting outside for her, being like, what's taking so long? That's been my guess. But then she, when she walked in, she expected to see patients. So I am confused yeah, I about why he came at that moment. Think, yeah. Because you also would think, logistically, they would say to security downstairs, like, make sure only this one person comes up to this office. Like, no appointments today, no deliveries. Yeah. But that's just a logistical thing that I th – think about because that's how my brain works yeah amelia gets in the elevator and all she says to sheldon is 
should she say I can never love you back or I will never I will never love you back, right? Um I can't remember exactly what she says. It's okay. I don't need you to stake your life on this. Yeah. She says, I will never love you back. You know that, right? And she says it very matter-of-factly, and it struck me then for the first time in this watch that she is not just mean but terrible to every single person in that office. Yeah. Except for Sheldon. She just states facts to Sheldon, which I think he knows that they're not going to be together. He gets that. Yeah. And I think he just genuinely cares about her. Exactly. But it really just, it struck me for the first time in this episode that she is horrific and like a rabid cornered dog to every single other person in that office. Even Jake, who she doesn't even know that well. Yeah. And like even Sam, who she admittedly has a huge crush on. Yeah, it's, I'm having a hard time forming long thoughts because I'm just like, this is depressing. <laughs> I know. We're almost done. We're almost done. And I also couldn't help but wonder, is it because we don't know anything about him, so Amelia doesn't know anything about him, to criticize and be mean about? That's possible. Could be that yeah, she that's... doesn't have enough to, like, use. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she knows at least enough that she could have pulled something out. I don't know, but... Yeah, and I mean, she could have said something else like, you're, you've always been in love with me and like I'm way out of your league or like something mean. Yeah. And she didn't even do that. She said very matter-of-factly, I will never love you back. Which like in its own way, like would probably hurt in some way. Not obviously to the same degree that like some of the other things that she was saying to like Addison and things like that. But yes, it's not said with the same level of like vitriol. Exactly. All right. Are we ready to go back to the hotel? With that really interesting wallpaper with yeah. uh, Amelia and Ryan. Are you ready for that? Sure. I mean, as I'll ever be. Gotta rip the band-aid off. Yeah. Again, with our RuPaul's Drag Race season one lens of Vaseline. Okay. He says, "I thank you. He says, I want to have anniversaries with you. Lots of them. And he says, if we were sober, we could have a life together and kids. And then they decide to get sober together. Also, notably for our later Amelia arc, she wants kids. She wants three kids, she says. Then they go up to four. Just want to note that at this point, she does want children. They decide to get sober together. She says, who says? This is a commitment. This is important. Someone says that. But it's a commitment. It's important. And then Ryan wants to flush the drugs. Amelia wants to save them. Ryan goes to flush them. Amelia agrees. Then Ryan says one more, and then I said, no, don't. And what happens to Ryan, Margot? Well, it's not a very pleasant situation, but they both, you know, get high one last time, but in his sleep, he aspirates on his vomit and passes away, leading to, like, some incredibly hard-to-watch television. Yeah, it's rough. It's incredibly rough. I was like, how do I even say this without, like... You did a great job. Ugh. So hard to talk about. I know. The coroner comes. The police come. Amelia's asked, is there anyone we can call? And up until that point, she has been pretty incoherent about, like, not saying... Only saying the things that they have said to each other and not saying anything, quote-unquote, helpful. And she says, call Dr. Addison Forbes Montgomery, and then the episode ends. 
What an ending. Because, like, gosh, not only is she, like, high or coming down from a high, but she's also experiencing, like, an incredible amount of trauma. And I can't even imagine the impact that would have on someone. I know. To just, like, have your life flip like that that suddenly. Yeah. This season is storyboarded so well. Yeah. Because all the pieces were put together for each and every character for this episode, in time for this episode, to be so hard-hitting. Mm-hmm. And, like, for those of us who have seen this series before and know what's to come, like, it's storyboarded through the end of the season so beautifully. It's wild to kind of, like, look at it from – I mean, the the first watch perspective will always be, like, I wish I could watch that for the first time again to experience, like, how incredible it is to watch it for the first time. Yeah. But it's also cool to have the perspective of knowing what happens so that when you go back and watch it – you can see that there were logical decisions made in terms of like how things led to other things. It's not like they came up with a plot point out of nowhere and you just kind of accept it as a viewer. It's Mm -hmm. like a lot of these things were very like integrated and you might not realize it until it happens. And then you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, whoa. It's a very well done season of television. Cosine. Cosine. Love that. Thank you. I'm on to miscellaneous unless you have anything else. I don't really have anything else. I feel like we've kind of covered the bases. Mm-hmm. I checked trivia, and this was not on it, but I know that all of the music in this episode, besides the instrumentals, is Mary J. Blige. All three songs are Mary J. Blige songs. Yeah. And I don't know why. I wonder why. Good choice for that, like, very, like, emotional feeling music. Oh, absolutely. You really want to feel something. Put on some Mary J. Blige, but... But I feel like all of the songs being by one artist has to be intentional in some way. Yeah, I feel like there's probably some purpose... Yeah. ...behind that. If Shonda wants to come on and talk about it, happy. Yeah, care to comment? Yeah. Ready for you, girl. That is something that I would like to know. Because I would like to know why those songs specifically is there like a personal connection or like i don't know although it usually is the director who picks the songs yeah we'll ask mark tinker yeah right this episode is like a play i realized it's really in three areas well two but you could make the kitchen the office and like all the parts of seaside wellness that are not the waiting room I feel like you could put in a separate area yeah but it's really just the waiting room and the hotel room and this episode is like a play and I think that's maybe why I quote unquote love this episode so much even though love is not the right word but that's why I really like this I love it in the sense of it's really well-made television like it's not one that I watch frequently because it's upsetting and it's hard to watch but I love it and I respect it as a lover of television and a lover of well-made television. Yes. This season I'm really on the we need support staff at Seaside Wellness train. And I co-sign that. Yeah. Another reason to show support staff on this series is like you know that Amelia is friends with the front desk admin and like they have a good rapport together. Yeah. And that admin could make a difference in this day. Yeah. And I got on that rabbit hole because 
when Sam was in the kitchen playing with the apple, I thought of all the fruit in the kitchen and like who stocks that fruit, who like fills the fridge, who fills up the water cooler and arranges for those to be replaced and refilled. Like the front desk admin. That's what we need. Yeah, somebody does that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good note. Thank you. On my Mark Tinker favorite television director train, I just want to point out that we were shown three very specific time jumps in this episode, and it was done without the need for a weird wig. And we respect that. We really do. We thank you and respect you for that. We have our old film for childhood. We have the Vaseline on the lens for the bender is what I'm saying. And it's just – it's cool ways to, t- to tell time apart. Yeah, nothing like thr- – it kind of like – I understand why people want to make something visually distinct, but at the same time, sometimes it takes me out of it because I'm like, all I can look at is somebody's bad haircut or all I can look at is like the lace front is not there. Some wacky editing choice. So like it's, I like that it's non distracting from the purpose of like what's happening at hand. Yes. There are other ways to visually distinguish something that don't have to be a bad way. Amen. Like bangs. It's always, why is it always somebody with bangs? <laughs> well, for when we went back in time to med school, Addison had bangs. It's always bangs. Yeah. And Charlotte had that wig a few episodes ago. They love to highlight bangs as like past regret or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like relatable. Wrong. Like I don't look good <laughs> with bangs. That's why I don't have them, but I have had them in the past. So I guess that would be my flashback sequence. <laughs> To show that I'm in a bad place in my life in the past. It's just me with bangs. Wow. My last miscellaneous note is I feel like we should touch on Jake sitting with his sister's grave. At Like, we know he has a personal connection. At first, I was like, oh, it's his mom. Oh, it's his wife. Oh, it's this. But um, it was his sister, we find. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his niece and about how she – had cruelers to stay sober which i love crueler donuts that's like probably my favorite kind of donut it's a good choice besides apple fritters oh i love apple fritters i love an apple fritter but this again is proving my addison hypothesis that she surrounds herself with men who are surrounded by women yeah that is a very astute analysis and it's like yeah no that makes sense thank you Thank you so much. Well done. Very, like, put your scholar hat on. That was. Am I an Addison scholar now? I think, I feel like you have been. Thank you. I just don't have the title. I don't have anyone to bestow the title on me. You just, you just get your degree online. It's fine. Oh, gosh. What was that jingle that was always on at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning? da 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 online. It's a da 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 dick all the time. With education Education connection. Yeah, there we go. Getting my degree online. I'm butchering it. But anyway, that's my last miscellaneous. Do you have anything else to add before we go to the rest of our sections? I do not. Dear listeners, I had a issue with Microsoft Word in which my uh, notes were sent away into the ether. So like 15 I'm really... minutes before recording. Yeah, I'm running on nothing right now. It's fine. You're doing great. 
You're d- it's the you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> doing amazing, Barbie. Oh, thank you, Barbie. You're so welcome, Barbie. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, are you ready for Barbie style? Barbie style? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're really dating this episode, I guess. Oh yeah, this is gonna be a very specific moment in which we're Summer discussing like Barbie as the uh as the monoculture. Yes, Barbie. So it got to the end, and I couldn't remember what anyone wore except Violet's brown wool sweater. So that's uh, my Sam style. I also remembered Addison's short sleeve turtleneck, which I've always found interesting. Yeah, I am against I like that. Negates the purpose of a turtleneck. Yeah, I'm. I'm very against short sleeve sweaters. I feel differently about vests. I'm okay with like reason. a short sleeve or like a no sleeve mock neck, but if it's a full turtleneck. Then I'm like, what are we doing? Why? You know? Like, what's the point here? Yeah. She's still rocking the short haircut. Good job, Violet. Right? uh, I love the short hair Amy Brenneman moment. She rocks it. Yeah. She does. Can you tell me about our guest star spotlight? Our guest star spotlight will be none other than Lenny, played by actress Amy Morton, who is from uh, Oak Park, Illinois, so not too far out from Chicago which is a fun little note, I guess. She is best known for, she's kind of like a day player um, in a lot of shows, just like one episode of something, which is not uncommon for private practice guest stars. But some of these appearances include um, a singular episode of ER um, in the final season. All of the Chicago shows, Chicago PD, Fire, Med, Justice, Oh, um, I have seen her on those. Well, PD, I guess she's a major yeah. character because uh, 207 episodes. <laughs> I've never watched any of those shows, so uh, I would not I, know. I want to, but I just feel like it's too... There's so many of them. Too many crossovers for me to actually be able to watch them in order. And it's not just, like, two shows crossing over. There's, like, four of them. Four. That's a lot. Yeah. Dear listeners, if any of you are Chicago Med Fire PD fans, there's a fourth one, I know. Justice. Great. So let me know how to watch that chronologically, please. Thank you. Yeah. She was on an episode of Homeland and an episode of The Bear in season one very small role but it's interesting that she's from like the chicagoland area and has then been in uh quite a few shows that are like based in chicago i kind of love that she's probably based in chicago she probably is i don't know if she like always was but i feel like at least now she definitely is considering she's like i guess still involved with the chicago shows i don't know yeah, it yeah, says up to 2023 for the yeah. top two here. I just didn't know if she had been, like, written off or anything. Like, I didn't want to spread misinformation. I don't know. But I don't watch <laughs> the shows, so I wouldn't know. But the Bears also sit in Chicago. So I love yeah. seeing, like, Chicago actors involved in, like, Chicago media. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And ER. I'm surprised she's on Shameless. Yeah, I'm surprised she doesn't have a Shameless credit. There is probably overlap with Chicago fire pd she was probably already contracted there or something yeah depending on when that started i guess it was 2014 so yeah it's shameless when did shameless start i'm just surprised like it, was it wasn't forever. at least like the beginning of shameless oh 2011 yeah yeah i don't know maybe there just wasn't know. the right the right part for her yeah 
Because, like, I feel like so many people had stints on Shameless. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, born in 1959. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Amy Morton. I texted Margot and I was like, don't choose Ryan. Mimi chose Ryan. <laughs> choose yeah. someone else. Yeah. I had forgotten about Ryan and I had almost done that. Because I listened to the episode, but it feels like I listened to it ages ago. Because I've been packing and things like that. So I feel like I hallucinated it. But yeah, thank you for reminding me because I would have done that and that would have been very embarrassing for me. That's okay. All right. Our trivia for this episode. This episode scored 7.23 million viewers. This episode is the first part of a two-hour private practice event. The second part being the breaking point, which we will cover in our next episode. It's very much two separate episodes. It's not like a two-parter like we see sometimes in two-hour events. This is the only episode of season five where Addison is not seen in therapy. This episode is focused on Amelia. Thank you, Gray's Wiki. I didn't know that. Uh, Sorry, I didn't watch (laughs) the episode before looking at the wiki. My bad. (laughs) This is one of the very few episodes of all three shows, which I guess means gray's private practice in station 19 yes i think they mean the gray's universe yeah where there is no patient amelia is not considered a patient as the doctors reached out to her as friends rather than doctors yeah the flashbacks of derek and amelia on this episode we should say young derek and young amelia in this episode were seen later in could we start again please which is the seventh episode of the 11th season can you mumble it all for us? I think you're probably just going to worry about spoiling. I absolutely am. I just was thinking that uh, could we start again, please, as a Jesus Christ Superstar reference. So yeah. that's where my brain was for a second. I was like, oh, okay. Got a JC Superstar reference up in there. <laughs> that's what my brain popped to. But okay. I can't really mumble about anything because we're at a very like heightened point of the show. Yeah. And I feel like it's interesting. I didn't know that both episodes were aired in an event. I think that that's actually a really interesting choice. Because not that it... I don't know. I feel like it's interesting to provide people with more after this episode. I I think that's a very interesting choice. And that's what I'll say about that. Considering I've, like, obviously seen the episode and how things work out. But... Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't have us sit in the end of this episode for a week. Yeah, I feel like it would be effective dramaturgically for them to do that, but also I feel like in some ways they wanted people to not maybe have to sit with how intense some of that was. Like, I can see both sides of it being effective and then also not wanting to, like, not alienate your audience, but, like, you kind of want to, like ease it a little bit just because of how intense this is because like what if that was mid-season like mid-season break that would be ridiculous yeah well i mean crazier things have happened that's true that's true i've seen some pretty crazy like mid-season finales but like that would be a wild place to leave people for mid-season yeah it's kind of like how in music you never end on a minor chord unless there's a really specific reason for it yeah yeah something like that so Our dear guest host Mimi was on last week and she watched this episode and she has a couple thoughts on it. Ooh, I would like to hear them. Take it away, Mims. 
Got it. I did record my musings before I started the next episode. Yeah. And then Sam was like done with dinner after 5.8 and I was like, okay, I guess I should act like a normal human being now and like we should eat and like watch something else. But it was awful. Yeah. Like Amelia was awful. The person that was doing the, what are they called? Yes, thank you. The person doing the intervention was hysterical. She's like, oh, she's an oxy bitch. Like that (laughs) makes her, or she's an oxy girl. That makes her a bitch on wheels or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I definitely felt for Addison. It was really hard to like, as Addison said, like that's not a person in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You even see that in it too. Yeah. And all the stuff about the watch. Oh my God. I know that you don't know as much about it. But, like, Derek and Amelia's dad being murdered in front of them is, like, a huge thing. And that watch is huge, especially, mm-hmm. like, Grey's. So the fact that, oh, my God, that's, like, the most heartbreaking part for me. Yeah. I didn't – I, like, kind of knew the story. I feel like I, like, looked up the characters, like, fandoms originally. Yeah. And I think she's, like, talked about that in the past when she first joined. But I – I mean, I'm sure they went way more into that in Grey's and, like, the background and everything. But, yeah, you see Addison being, like, you stole that from your mother. So, like, the watch. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really hard. And then I didn't expect Ryan to die so fast. I think I put in my musings that, like, I I thought they would get engaged and or married or something crazy like that. And that happened. But I didn't expect him to die. Yeah. I know you had warned me. You're like, yeah, this season's like really rough. And I think I was texting you, I don't know, probably like 5-4. And I was like, oh my gosh, Amelia's downfall. This is so sad. And you're like, just wait. Even 5-1, you were like, oh no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Things have escalated very quickly. All right, let's do ratings and MVPs before we finish this jarring episode of television. Correct. It was really hard to pick an MVP. It's very difficult. I didn't want to pick Amelia for quite obvious reasons. I didn't want to pick Violet because she was not being a good therapist or really friend. I thought about picking Jake. I thought about picking Sheldon, but I settled on Charlotte. That's who I chose as well. Yeah, for doing her best. And also having to watch Amelia do drugs, which I cannot imagine is easy for someone who's in recovery. Yeah, I imagine that a lot of this circumstance was incredibly triggering and possibly traumatic for her as well to experience. Yes. And, I mean, at the beginning of the episode, she was so, like, on the train of, like, she's not okay. She needs help. Like, this girl is this girl is using like we need to do something yeah she's been the conductor of the get amelia help the way that will be useful to her train exactly because she knows what sort of help will actually be useful to her and while amelia may not understand it and she may not accept it at this point in time charlotte knows from experience that like Mm -hmm. this is what needs to be done to like possibly start helping her I mean, I don't see a reason that 
Gray Sloan should not have a urologist. Also, they're in need of a PED specialist. So can we have Cooper and Charlotte come to Seattle, please? Thank you. Anything to cut Paul Edelstein and uh, Katie Strickland uh, some paychecks. So Yes. Um, And hopefully some increased residuals when season 20 comes back. Please and thank you. That part. That part. (laughs) Yeah. Anything to have them together and also just with Amelia like that would bring me such unbridled joy all right my rating I tried to make this there's a lot of really dramatic things but I feel like this reminded me of watching a shark attack on the beach and Mm. you can't do anything about it either like you're too far away or well okay so that's what I think about the episode as a whole but I'm thinking you're watching it on a live feed from your hotel. So okay. you really can't do You really That's how can't I do anything. Feel. Yeah. So I want to help them. I want to help my little friends and I can't. I can't help my friends. What's your rating? I mean, it's a little bit less specifically beach informed, but this could happen on the beach. Uh, yeah. It's a sudden st- It's kind of in the same vein of you can't really do anything to stop it, but it's su- like when a storm just strikes out of nowhere and you had like no preparation for it like the lightning is coming down you hear the thunder rolling and like you try to pack up your bags in enough time to get out for when the rain really hits but it hits and it hits hard that definitely happens on the beach and i feel like it hits worse because there's really nowhere to go it's just sand everywhere uh Mm -hmm. but i mean it's just you're out and things just are not going very well for most people involved and people are doing all that they can but you still end up getting stuck in the rain thank you for joining us for this week's episode of beach houses and babies a private practice recap podcast please follow us on instagram at bhab podcast and be sure to subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify or anchor to be the first year of future episodes you can find me at samantha g harris on all social media and you can find me nowhere. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show and we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a member of our patron community at patreon.com slash podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 5, Episode 9. They are all available to stream on Hulu and Amazon and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT! TGIT!